Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. So listen, you guys, you have, we've, been, we've been talking about for the last few weeks, we've been on a topic of worship. We've been on a topic of the presence of God. We talk about the power and the purpose of God's presence. And it's been an amazing journey. And we've seen that it's been that the vehicle that we use to get into God's presence is praise and worship. And we've been learning that all through the weeks. So and, and through the last three weeks, we learned that in order for us to get in the presence of God, there has to be a death. A death has to happen. Now, we're not talking about a physical death, but we're talking about a death of ourselves, which means you can't just approach God any old kind of way. You can't approach God the way you want to. Yes, the Bible, you know, well, the Bible doesn't say it, but we say it, come as you are. Yeah, that means come in your nasty, dirty state. But when you come in your nasty, dirty state, you're a sinner. Yeah, I'm a sinner. But you need to have a right heart when you're coming to God. You guys understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it, it's, oh, gosh, I can't go there. Yeah, so, um, you know, you can't just approach people how you want to approach them. People die because they approach authority wrong. There was a man named Uzzah, and Uzzah had reached out and touched the ark, which represented the presence of God. But God said, listen, because my presence represents my authority, and my authority represents who I am, and you just can't come to me any old kind of way. I don't care what your intent was. This is just how it is. So what happened with Uzzah, he saw that the cart shook. And when the cart shook, ark of God, the presence of God was about to fall, and he reached out and stopped it. And when he reached out and touched the presence of God, he violated God's law, and God got mad and killed Uzzah. Now, could God be so touchy about his stuff that he would kill somebody for touching his stuff? What do you think? I think so. I don't care what his intentions were. Just to help you guys out, you know, sometimes we look at things with natural eyes and look at the natural outcome and not use our spiritual eyes, which are called discernment. Do you know how many times that we stop what God is trying to do in somebody's life or we attempt to stop what God is trying to do in somebody's life and we're not even thinking about the consequences? For instance, get ready for this one. We always are trying to help people out. The Bible said, God is not mocked. For whatever man soweth, that shall he also reap. God says, I'm not going to be mocked. You make a bad decision, you're going to reap from that bad decision. You make bad choices, you're going to reap from bad choices. It just happens. But sometimes we see people and we only see the trouble we're in and being good Christians and being compassionate. We want to reach out and help them, not discerning that they have sown some bad decisions. And God says, I'm not mocked. They're going to have to reap a harvest of what they've sown. So we step in. And we try to stop what God's doing, and guess what God's going to have to do? He's going to have to cut us off. Poor Uzzah. Poor Uzzah. Reached out and stopped the presence of God from falling. The presence of God falling. I don't know how many times, and you, maybe you didn't catch it, but there's times that we say, God, please, fall on this place. See, God may have set it up. It might have been God's foot that reached out and tripped the oxen just to allow his presence 
the ark, which represents the presence, to fall in Edom. But somebody wasn't discerning what God was trying to do and tried to stop it. When the presence of God wants to fall, you got to let it fall. It doesn't matter where it's at, how it's going to fall, you need to let it fall. But Uzzah was being real natural. So Uzzah went against God. He stopped the, he, look, he tried to stop the, he did stop it from falling, but he didn't stop what God wanted to do. There was a man in that town in Edom, and his name was Obed. And he was known as Obed-Edom. Now, Obed-Edom, just to let you guys know something real fast, and I think this is very important that we should know as we see the person of Obed. Obed was not an Israelite. The Bible states and some commentaries state that he was a convert to Judaism. He took on David's religion, which I think is really strange because if you weren't an Israelite, you were considered a dog. You were considered an outcast. God even said, come out from among them. Touch not the unclean thing, saith the Lord, and I will receive you. So you weren't even to be socialized with. But here was a man that was known as an outcast. And because he was a worshiper of God, the Bible states because he was known as a worshiper that David made the decision to allow the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, to stay in his home. A dog's house but he was known as a worshiper. That name, Obed, Edom, translates to worshiper of Eden. Now, I don't know about you, but how many people know it only takes one moment of worship to change what you used to be known about? Oh, come on. See, you used to be known as a prostitute. You used to be known as a drug dealer. You used to be known as a liar, a stealer, and a thief. But when you became a worshiper of God, See, when you're a worshiper of God, God will allow things to happen in your life. He'll give you things you don't deserve. He'll give you the presence of God. He'll, he'll, he'll trust you and trust you with finances. He'll entrust you with relationships. He'll entrust you with a husband. He'll entrust you with a wife. He'll entrust you with a good place to worship when you become a worshiper. And the Bible states that because of the death of Uzzah, David commanded that the presence of the ark stay at Obed-Edom's house. And the Bible says that Obed-Edom, the worshiper of Eden, his whole house was blessed because he was known as a worshiper. You guys have to understand when you are a worshiper, God will create, conceive, and construct. He will design and produce a situation that seems like a death of something innocent, but it's really the prerequisite for his presence to fall. And bless your whole house, but only when you're a worshiper. It's one thing I like about David. David was known as a worshiper. There's a lot of different things about David that we know, but the Bible states that David was a man after God's own heart, which means he was a worshiper. David didn't care when he worshiped. He didn't care who was watching. He didn't care what people were saying. When David had the opportunity to worship God, he did it. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever been walking in a store and just see, usually it's always old people. It'd be old, older person be walking and then they'll be like, hallelujah, praise God. We look at them and laugh at them. They'll be out and I'll meet old, older people and, and see them be like, hey, how you doing? They are, praise God. I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. You're like, they just old and cute. They just old. No, but they're praising God. They're worshiping God. See, we look at it and call them old, but they know they're, they're wise. <laughs> Woo. So we look at 
David. And we learned over these last few weeks that David did some things that he should have been killed for. Why do I say that? Well, we look back and we saw that David made sacrifices. We saw that David ate the showbread in the temple. We saw that David put on priestly garments. So David does all these things, and David wasn't rejected for what he did, but King Saul was rejected for what he did because Saul made sacrifices. And as I began to look, I said, God, King David is from Judah, and you commanded that only, only Levites were to touch anything of God, that there was holy, that the Levites are the only one. Only the priests can make sacrifices. Only the, the priests can bless Bless the people of God. Only the priests are allowed to put on the linen ephods. But you allowed David to do it. But when Saul did it, you disappointed him. Disappointed. You know, sometimes we've been appointed, but we end up with disappointment. And I said, God, what is it? And we learned that it wasn't about where David came from. It wasn't about what was on the outside of David. It was about what was on the inside of David. It had to do with what was in him. The scripture tells us that David had a seed on the inside of him. That seed was Jesus Christ. That Jesus himself came from the line of Judah, from the seed of David. How many of y'all know when you have Jesus down on the inside, you have the authority to call those things that are not as though they were? When you have Jesus on the inside, you have the authority to have signs and miracles and wonders happen confirming God's word. When you have Jesus on the inside, you can say, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. But you have to be known as a worshiper to have Jesus on the inside. You've got to be a worshiper. So as we look back, we look at King David. We notice that King David, as you look in the scriptures and we're, we're getting caught up, King David was super excited, super excited about the presence of God coming back to Jerusalem. He was so happy. And the scripture tells us that David had a worship team in front of the ark to help usher in the presence of the Lord. Now, that's just like we do every Sunday. So you don't realize that the church format wasn't made by man. They looked at the Bible and said, why do we do praise and worship before we begin to preach? Why does that happen? Because the presence of God. It's David did it himself. He had a worship team in front of the ark, praising and worshiping, and behind them what followed was the presence of God. The Bible says that Judah plows. The Bible tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. So as we begin to praise God and worship God in the dance and with our voice, that then the presence of God begins to show up. So as you lead, as you're praising, as you're worshiping, you're guaranteed what's going to come right behind the praise and worship is his presence. See, the Bible declares this in 2 Samuel 6 and 14. It said, and David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing priestly garments. There he goes on again. Got those priestly garments on. It's funny. It says that David danced before the Lord half-heartedly with all his might. Hmm. He danced with all his might. I can imagine when he was done, when all the worshiping was over, he probably couldn't even stand anymore because he gave all. 
You know, the Bible says this. It says, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy mind, and thy strength. I'm going to translate that, John's translation. Love the Lord with all your might. David danced before the Lord with all his might. And said he was wearing a priestly garment. Let me ask you guys a question real quick. When is the last time you danced before God with all your might? When's the last time you shouted before the Lord with all your might? When is the last time you did anything before God with all your might? <laughs> I'll let you marinate in that for a minute. The scripture goes on and says that David was wearing a priestly garment. He had on a linen ephod. Now, I want to describe to you a linen ephod because we get these pictures. We see all these things in movies, and sometimes we read them, and people draw pictures, and it looks like David had a diaper on, a big cloth diaper, and he was dancing around half naked. Well, that ain't the truth. Sometimes people talk about David was dancing, and his clothes began to fall off of him. Not the truth. The truth is he had on a linen ephod. What's an ephod? If I can describe it to you, it looks like a big man apron. You guys know what apron is, right? Put it on over your head. Well, an ephod wasn't very long. Came to about right here. And it was meant to wear over other garments. But the Bible said that he had on a linen ephod. It doesn't say he had on anything else. He was good as long as he was cool. I think that's why people don't worship the God, because they know if they begin to worship God in their flesh, they might be exposed. Some people don't praise God because they got their ephods on. They act like priests. They want to dress like priests, but they ain't going to worship God with all their might because if they lift their hands. People might see me for who I am. David had on a linen ephod, and as he began to praise and, and, and lift his hands and he danced, he began to expose himself. I can just see that now. That'd be all over social media. My wife has a problem when I raise my hand and my belly shows. Some of y'all got pictures. <laughs> so look at your belly. <laughs> but can you imagine if I was exposed? Sometimes we need exposing. There's some issues in your life you will not do anything about until you got caught. Ooh, it's a whole nother message. Yeah, you guys know about those, that secret thing and the thing that nobody knows about in the moment that God in his grace allows you to get caught. Uh, see, we didn't think about it like that because we get caught and we're like, God, why? I was trying to stop. God said, no, you asked for grace. I gave you the grace to get caught. I'm going to give you the grace to get through it. If you humble yourself, I allowed you to get exposed because that thing you're hiding is going to destroy you. It's going to kill you. Expose yourself through worship. Don't wait for God to expose you. <laughs> Woo! I want to say something real quick. Do you know the Bible says that all of Israel was in the street celebrating? Can somebody say all? Yeah, all of Israel was in the streets. 
Now, I'm going to take a second. Hold on. When David was coming down, the Bible states that all of Israel was in the streets praising God and participating. Now, can somebody say everybody? everybody. Say everybody. everybody. Yeah, everybody was participating. Not a few people. You guys catch it yet? See, God says, I want all my people celebrating. Sometimes you come to church, and not everybody's celebrating. Let me ask you something. What you come to church for? 2 Samuel 6, 20, 23. It says, when David returned home to bless his own family, Michal, which I've been calling Michael, which may have been giving some of y'all the wrong idea, That's David's wife, by the way. The daughter of Saul came out to meet David. She said in disgust, hmm, how disgusted the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like a vulgar person might do. Some of y'all, you know what, when I said that, when I read it, some of y'all heard like your wife's voice. They didn't? I didn't. My wife don't talk to me like that. Some of y'all's wives talk to you like that. Some of y'all deserve it. I'm just saying. Listen to this. Listen. So, Mikal... Just gets all over David about what he was doing. But the scripture goes on and says that she was watching from a window. In order for her to see them coming and seeing everything that David was doing, she was up in a window. She was in a familiar place. She was watching from a place that was above everybody. She was in a lofty place. How many people know that when you're in a high place, you have to look down to see people. You ever look down on somebody? You know, the Bible says, uh, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just like some people we know. Not anybody in this church, though. Nobody here is like that. It's from the mother churches you've been to. They just stand around and watch people praise God. I didn't even get an amen. <laughs> I heard, hmm. You guys know, you know the people, you know, that you've ever been next to somebody, you just want to start praising, they're, they're looking at you like. You know, can I just, does it ever bother you that one, you just one day, you're just really grateful and thankful to God. You're crying you just dancing before the Lord. And then somebody wanted to come to you and say, come here, let me pray for you because you just go, I know you're going through a lot. I'm discerning that something you're going through a lot. You're like, get away from me. But, you know, you're in the spirit, right? You're just going to be like, no, no, no. You don't say anything. They want to lay, Lord, just touch him. He's touching me already. I wish you would stop touching me. We get so, we get caught up in people's emotions so much. 
I'm a crier. I'm sorry. I spent most of my life trying to be hard. And when God saved me and touched me, I became a crier. I cry all the time. I just somebody see somebody get saved, I just start bawling. <laughs> oh God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you so good. <laughs> Woo. It's all right. Pastor Matt's a crier too. Yeah, he we be, well, we be, you need to see us together. It's crazy. <laughs> we just talk about the goodness of Jesus, just both just two big men just crying. Anyway, okay. But some people just like to watch you. And judge your worship. I know personally, I've been on social media, I don't know how many times have people videotaping me dancing. Some people do it out of love. It's okay. But I hear, I see comments and stuff under, underneath it. But the people do it because they're like, a lot of people do it for me because they're like, look at my pastor. He loves the Lord. And then somebody wants to put some, something funny down under there trying to be funny. They're judging my worship. But see, they don't know what I've been through. They don't know where God's brought me from. I tell you what, you know, you know, because of my heart condition, I'll dance real hard for a good 45 seconds. I gotta stop and breathe. Woo! Yes, Jesus. I do, I'll just do hands at that point. I'm I'm worshiping with my hands, and, and then I catch my breath, I'll start jumping around again. Hey, glory to God. You could judge me if you want to. Huh? Come on, somebody. I'm trying to tell you right now, if you know where God has brought me from, because I know there's some people in here, I thought I was in the depths of hell. You was three floors below me. God saved you. He kept you. He's brought you. He's anointed you and put you in a place in such a time as this to be a witness right now. Don't you dare ever judge my worship. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. David looks in verse 21. I like the way this puts it. He says, he retorted. <laughs> David retorted to Michal and said, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your daddy and all of your family. He has appointed me as leader of all Israel, the people of the Lord, so I celebrate before the Lord. What is he saying? Look. You could judge me if you want to, but I'm dancing before the Lord, not you. I didn't come here to do you, you know, sit here and dance so you could see my worship. I was dancing for an audience of one. You, I just want to let you know right now in the natural, do you know that being a peeping Tom is against the law? When me and God is being intimate, you ain't got no business watching us. Eavesdropping. Yeah, y'all never thought about it like that, did you? Now that I said it, you're gonna turn when you turn to look and see somebody watching, you're gonna be like this. We gotta learn how to praise God. Enter that secret place, even though I'm surrounded by thousands or hundreds. You know, we always wait till we're by ourselves to give God some praise and fall on the floor and begin to cry. And we're sitting here in a place that's safe around people that love you. And people, yeah, there's, there might be some people in here to judge you, but oh, well, we got to get like David and say, look, I, I wasn't doing this before you. I wasn't doing this because you were standing around. I'm doing this for my God. I'm doing this in a place that I know that God is going to dwell and I want to dance before my Lord. If you want to sit down and look and judge me, well, that's on you, Mikal. David goes on to say in verse 22, he said, yes, I'm willing to look even more foolish than this. 
even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servants, girl, who you mentioned will indeed think that I am distinguished. Let me help you guys out real quick, some of you uh, people that like to judge worship. Just because you think it looks crazy doesn't mean other people think it looks crazy. I know you look, look, I'm just going to tell you, you know, when, um, when Tasha Petrie's being in here just jumping around and raving them flags, I just, I'll be looking at her sometimes and I'll be like, man, I love to see her worship. I love to see that worship. You know, people always, you know, people say, see, look, look, I don't like people that do stuff to, just to be seen. I see people, you can tell, you can discern it. She don't do it just to be seen. When Tasha first came to this church, you know, we didn't have nobody doing that. And, and frankly, I'm, I'm real protective of our culture and what happens. And, 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 you know, I seen her. She brought out the flags. I was like, uh-oh. One of them flag people. Watch this, though. She, that's how she worships. Tasha was back there in the corner worshiping God. Worshiping. She didn't care who seen her. She didn't care what was said. And I remember I walked up to her one day and I said, you know what? You need to go up front and do that. And she looked at me and she goes, but pastor, I didn't want to be out of line. I said, no, you have genuine worship. And people need to see your worship. I don't know if you guys ever seen if you were here. She'll be right over here in the corner. Because she, she doesn't want to bother anybody. She, she's real good with the flags because she can go right by. You think you're about to get hit with it, but you don't. She's like, good. She just... <laughs> She don't hit you with it and stuff. You be like, oh, oh, hey. She be like, <laughs> she be like, <laughs> she's really good with, but she doesn't like to, she's not doing it for us. She's not doing, she's like, look, if I'm going to be a distraction, I don't want to be a distraction, but she'll stay and she'll just worship God. And as she begins to worship God, then sometimes it frees other people to worship God. You know, the, the cool part about it is David was a leader of all Israel. And I began to think, I was like, I wonder if, if, if everybody in Israel wasn't down praising, would David just stop and be like, you know what, I'm not bringing the presence of God in here. But then again, I thought again, I said, you know what, you know why all of Israel was praising? Because their leader was praising. See, they loved David. Because David was a man after God's own heart. He was submitted to God. Because he was submitted to God, guess what? They began to submit to him. That's marriage counseling part two, men. So you want your wife to submit to you, then you need to submit to, to God. Okay, anyway, so because he was submitted as a leader to God, the people were able to submit to him. They felt like it was safe. And when they seen their leader praising God, they felt like, well, I'm going to praise God too. So David led by example. Parents. Don't look at me and tell me you want your kids to do different if you ain't doing different. My parents said, you know, they come up, you know, like when we do uh, the baby dedications, people really, parents really think, I'm just going to go give, give my kid to the Lord and I'm going to do what I want to do. Kids learn from example. Yes. So as we begin to show them, they begin to imitate us. Train up a child in the way that he should go. Training means I got to do it. I don't have a trainer in the gym that is way out of shape. I, I'm not going to have somebody 600 pounds trying to tell me how to work out. You know what I'm saying? He's got he's to look like Antoine or 
or, or so, you know, somebody's got to be, he's got to have some muscles. He's got to get down, look like Vince or something. <laughs> so we have to make sure that we're doing what we want our kids to become. As leaders, as you guys that are in here right now that are leaders or want to be leaders, you're going to have to lead your family. You're going to have to lead people at your job. You're going to have to lead people at school. By example, you have to do it by example. David said, I am more willing, I'm, I'm willing to be more foolish than where I was acting today. I'll be a fool for Christ. Now, as I close, David realized that he, need, he needs the presence of God in his life. Watch this. He knew without the presence of God, he would never defeat the bear. Without the presence of God, he never would have defeated the lion. Without the presence of God, he never would have defeated Goliath. Without the presence of God, he never would have been appointed king. Without the presence of God in his life, David would have never got through the biggest sin that he committed with Bathsheba. See, we all talk about the presence of God, right? And how it helps us get victory. But without the presence of God, where the grace of God is, David would have never got through the mistake he made. I need you guys to listen to this. Because David, remember, God's not mocked. For whatever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Because David had a man killed to cover up his sin, what he, what he had to reap was his own son died. The Bible declares that David was fasting and he covered himself in ashes and sackcloth and was praying, God, please don't let my son die. Please don't let him die. He's newborn. He, he, didn't, he didn't do anything, God. Just don't let him die. And then one day, the men came forward and began to whisper because they were scared. And he was like, man, who's going to tell David that his son's dead? And he perceived that because they were whispering that his son was dead. You know what he did? David got up took off his clothes, washed his face, went and got something to eat, and went and made more babies. You got looking at me like, well, so what does that mean? You know, too many of us in here are mourning way too long the deaths that are happening in our life when we got new babies, we got newborns that we need to focus on. Yes, you mourn for a season. Yes, the people that left you. Yes, those things that happened. Yeah, they're gone. But there's nothing I could do about it. David said, look, the child's dead. There's nothing I could do about it now. So I'm just going to go and make me some more babies. There are more babies in your life. There's things in your life that need nurturing. And if you're so pressed on what has gone, what is dead, what's behind you, that which is rising up will never get what it's need to grow up strong. But it had to have the grace to get through that, to make that transition from death into life. And that grace only comes by the presence. David knew in order to arrive in the destination of God's presence, he had to use the vehicle that was called praise and worship. As David began to worship, he entered, he entered into God's presence. And in his presence, there is grace, there is peace, there is favor and joy that we all need to navigate through this thing called life. Now, I want to share this with you because you guys need to understand this. We're, we're getting ready to go. Verse 23 says this. So Michal, the daughter of Saul, stop. 
Do you notice it named her the daughter of Saul? Maybe Mikal had this attitude because of her father. Because her father was just disobedient. Her father did things his way. His father always tried to give excuses for his mistakes. It was never his fault. So maybe that's why she was the way that she was. But the Bible goes on and says, Michal, the daughter of Saul, remained childless through her entire life. She was barren. There's no worship in lofty places. You guys look at your neighbor. Say, come down from that lofty place. Look at your other neighbor. You look at him say, come down from that lofty place. See, Michael died. Michael died barren because she never got intimate with God. See, pregnancy happens through intimacy. Intimacy with God happens during worship. If you don't become a worshiper, you can't get God to come into your presence. With no presence, no pregnancy, with no purpose. And your purpose just stays potential, and you'll die barren. Do you realize that barren doesn't mean that you can't have children? It just means you ain't never had children. You'll die barren without worship. Worship praise ushers us into his presence come down from that lofty place so we're going to end this today a little bit different I'm going to ask you a question and I asked you before when's the last time you dance before God with all your might when is the last time you shouted before God with all your might. When was the last time you did anything with all your might before God? So right now, we're going to end today a little bit different. We're going to give you an opportunity to give God your praise with all your might. So if you'll stand to your feet, and I only want the real true worshipers, those that want to give God everything, those that are thankful for God for what he's done, Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.